the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Bukas Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, Pastor Sterling. Romans chapter 12, beginning at verse 1. The word reads as follows. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. So we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence and he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Father, we bless you on this morning for this word. I'm praying even now, Lord, that you would guide my tongue and speak through these lips of clay, words of everlasting life. Father, if someone does not know you in the pardon of their sin, it's my prayer, God, that today would be the day that they would reunite with you, that they would connect with you and become part of your family. I pray that they would repent of their sin, place their faith in you and come running to you, God, this day. Spirit of the Lord, if there's any that have drifted in their fellowship, I pray that they will renew the broken fellowship that they would restore and mend the relationship that has been broken. Father, I know that you're standing waiting for reconciliation, waiting for reconnection. And so I'm praying, God, that this word will do just that. Spirit of the Lord, some have come in need of a word from you. Father, speak. We want to hear from you. Even as we heard earlier in the song, we're not going to move until we hear from you. For we need a word from you today. Father, speak through, through me as I yield myself a vessel, an instrument in your hand. Accomplish your will today. I, I need you, God. And I'm depending on you. So, Lord, have your way. And when it's all said and done, we will give your name all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. For you alone are worthy of it all. It's in Jesus' name I pray. With thanksgiving and expectation. Amen. And amen. 
Catherine, we've been preaching for the month of January and beginning on New Year's Eve through a series of messages entitled Serving Our Savior Sacrificially. I want to close out this series of messages on this morning in this passage of Romans chapter 12. We started our journey in Mark chapter 10. We spoke there from the idea of serving the serving seasons of our Savior. Jesus letting us know he didn't come here to, to be served, but rather to serve. Uh, we went from there to Matthew chapter 9, where we spoke from the idea what the Savior sees. We had an opportunity to look in and through the lenses of Jesus, who was looking on to the multitude, and he saw that uh, there was a, a labor shortage, if you will, that the harvest was plenteous, but the laborers were few. As we moved on, we were in Isaiah chapter 6, and we spoke from the idea Isaiah sacrifices to serve deeper. We saw there a prophet who was in ministry, but yet not all the way in the depth of what God would have him uh, to do and where God would have him to be. And so Isaiah, during the most critical time when he has lost a loved one, has an encounter with God that allows him uh, to take the, the commitment or make the commitment to serve God in a deeper fashion, Such so much so that Isaiah becomes a major prophet of the Old Testament. We moved from there. Last week, we were in John chapter 13, and we spoke from the idea of having a servant's heart and kind of shared there that servant heart is not something that you just automatically have. There are some, some requirements, some things that, that we saw in the text there of John chapter 13 that are essential for one with a servant heart. One is being knowledgeable and comfortable with your space and place. If you don't know who you are, whose you are, and where you stand, it's going to be hard to have a servant's heart for anybody else. We also saw there that uh, a servant heart is one. Uh, having a servant's heart requires serving with humility and serving with the understanding that, guess what, it could be me that be, that's in need while I'm serving you. But we have to serve with a sense of humility. And finally, respecting the rules of the holy hierarchies of serving. In other words, we understand that we're not greater than our master. If our master can serve, so can we. And so we have to understand there's guidelines in this hierarchy of serving. And if Jesus can do it and if he can, if he can wash feet, we can wash feet. If he can humble himself to do such uh, service to his, his brethren, so can we. And so uh, we hopefully gather from there uh, some good pretenses for uh, the development and the, the exercising of a servant's heart. In this familiar passage on this morning, the Apostle Paul makes uh, what I call a heavy request of the saints uh, here that he writes to and to us as well. And as we listen to what he asks of us and ask of the saints, he says, I'm beseeching you um, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Now, for those of you who haven't been walking through Bible study with us on Wednesday night, you, you probably can't fully comprehend what it means when we talk about sacrifices. But we've been walking through Leviticus, which is a bloody text, and it, there we find that there are this multitude of sacrifices that are being offered of bulls and lambs and turtle doves and, and all manner of animal, and, and there's rules and there's requirements and there's expectation of how they are to be uh, sacrificed and how they, the blood is to be let out and where the blood is to be let out and what parts can be eaten and which parts cannot be eaten and which parts need to be burned and which parts need to be taken outside the camp and what part the priest could eat. And there's a whole... Uh, 
uh, uh, instruction manual, if you will, as it relates to sacrifices. But uh, the, the idea of the sacrifice could get lost in the process of reading all the procedures. But we still have to realize that a living animal had to give his life for the purpose of covering people's sin. And when we talk about presenting your body as a living sacrifice, that p- puts a whole nother spin on sacrifice. When, when we're asking of you, and this is why I call it a heavy ass, when Paul asked of you to present your body a living sacrifice, one that is going to suffer loss in order to accomplish serving the king who is God. And so this question is one that, again, one might say, well, where does Paul get the authority? Who, 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 how can you ask such a, have such a request of us who are free and independent, free agent, free will agents of God? How, how can you ask us to do uh, such a thing? In fact, um, Pastor Sterling, you, you've been preaching through uh, this series of, of messages and you're asking us to, to serve the Lord sacrificially. Who do you think you are, uh, Pastor, asking us such, such a request? I mean, um, I'm, I'm not getting paid for that. Uh, you got a salary. You should be the one doing all that kind of work. And, and, and you should be the one serving sacrificially because you're getting a paycheck for that. And, and so you, Pastor, where do you, where do you come off asking us to make sacrifices to serve the King of Kings and Lord of Lords? And I know you didn't say it out loud, but I heard you say that. That's why I was just reciting what I heard you saying when you were saying, you know, I, I ain't getting no check, so I ain't doing that. You, you ain't preaching to me. That, that's for people that's getting paid for that. Amen, somebody. Um, and so my response to your complaint is, is this, that you have already been paid and you're being constantly paid. Amen. And so I, like Paul, beseech you on the basis of the paycheck of mercy (laughs) that you present your bodies living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, which is just reasonable. I want to talk to us on this morning from the subject matter serving sacrificially based on the mercies of God. My first point, if you will, comes right out of this text, and that is, I beseech you based on the mercies of God. The Apostle Paul says, I beseech, I beg you, I plead with you, therefore... And therefore helps us in the context of understanding the passage. Because when you see therefore in scripture, you need to go backwards and find out what the therefore is there for. And Paul says, based on all that I have said from chapter 1 verse 1 all the way through chapter 11 verse 36. Therefore, I beseech you, I beg with you based on everything I've already laid out for you. I I beg with you, I plead with you. By the mercies of God that you present your bodies. So, so my, 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 my beseechment, my, my request is based on the mercies of God. Now, this book of Romans is the most comprehensive of all the books of the Bible in the explanation and exposition of the sin and the depravity of man as well as God's 
opening opportunity to redeem man and to reconnect man to himself. In other words, sin and salvation are the clarities of this book. Um, and it is the, the most detailed, the most uh, clear of any of the books of the Bible as it relates to these subject matters. Uh, and so we get a great picture as we walk through uh, Romans uh, as to what this, when he talks about the mercies of God, we get a great picture of God's mercy as we walk through this book. Now, I need you to understand that mercy is uh, defined as when God holds back from you that which you are deserving of as it relates to your judgment, your condemnation, and your eternal damnation. Stay with me here. In other words, because of the sin in our life, we are deserving of, you know, a whole lot of folks running around talking about, I don't deserve, let me tell us, let me tell you what we deserve. We deserve death. Because the wages, the payment, the paycheck for sin is death. That's what we deserve. So anything above death, you're doing good. And when I talk about death, I'm not just talking about earthly death that you die, close your eyes, they put you in a casket, it'll burn you up and put you in an urn. I ain't talking about that. I'm talking about eternal separation from God. I'm talking about spiritual death. And eternal separation from God. And so this whole idea when Paul says, I beseech you, I beg you, I plead with you by the mercies of God. He, I'm, he's pleading and he's begging and, and I as well plead with you and beg with you and I I petition you, if you will, based on God's holding back from you and from me what we deserved. Are y'all still here? So when we talk about the mercies of God, let me, let me walk you through some of the ways that the text shows us that we've already been paid. I told y'all, y'all already got your paycheck of mercy. Amen. Now, I'm, I'm going to walk through the text that Romans lays out for us to help us understand that we've already been paid. We've already received mercy payments. Amen. And so therefore, asking us to serve sacrificially is just reasonable based on what we've been paid. Are y'all still here? First of all, the book of Romans opens up and lets us know that the whole world is guilty of sin. Amen. Amen, somebody. Uh, Romans chapter 1 verse 18 says, The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and all unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. He breaks it out for us because there might be a Jew listening and a, G- a Gentile listening. And he says, well, guess what? This ain't a Jew issue. This ain't a Gentile issue. He breaks it down. He says, Gentiles, you are guilty as well. Even though you were not the ones that were holding the law and managing the law and handling the law, you are still without excuse because God in his creation helped you to understand that there was a God. You can't say I didn't know there was a God. No, God has made himself manifest in such a way you knew there was a God and I've written the law of God on your heart. You couldn't read it in the scripture. You couldn't read it in the text. You didn't read it in scrolls and I didn't give it to you to hold on to, but I wrote it on your heart. So you knew the difference between right and wrong. Who helped me somebody. And so he says to them in chapter two, verse one, therefore you are inexcusable, old man, whoever you are, uh, who judge and whatever you judge and you, as you consider and trying to condemn someone else, because guess what? You're guilty of the same thing yourself. 
the Gentile is guilty. Then he turns to the Jew and he says, Jew, I know you think you're above all this. I know you think because you held the law, because you're my chosen people, you're my chosen generation, that somehow you walk above this condemnation. But no, Jew, you're guilty too. In fact, God lays out a very stinging a testament against the Jew. And he says in chapter 2, verse 24, he says, guess what? Your, he says, your, 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 your activity, your behavior has actually literally caused other people to blaspheme my name. Lord, help me, Jesus. He says, now, you brag and boast on your circumcision because you're circumcised. And he comes back and he says, your circumcision ain't worth nothing unless you keep the whole law. The fact that you have the law doesn't make you holy. And in fact, you're not holy unless you're able to keep it all. But if you fail in any part of the law, you're guilty of the whole law and your circumcision is worthless. So Jew, you're guilty too. So God says to us, the whole world is guilty. And guess what? As a result of your guilt, you deserve death. But look at mercy. There's mercy. There's a mercy payment. God didn't destroy you. He didn't wipe you out. He didn't condemn you in your sin. And I know you're thinking, Pastor, you know, yeah, you're talking about the people back in the Old Testament. That's old people. No, no. What about you? What about me? In our sin, I mean, I know you, did, you wasn't born saved. You, you didn't come out the womb like you are today. I know you holy, sanctified, set apart now. But there was a time when you were running the street. There was a time when you weren't doing right. There was a time when you were lying, stealing, cussing, and some of you still may be. But the mercy of God is being poured out on you. You get the mercy payment. That God, God doesn't consume you in your sin. That's a mercy payment. All, he says in chapter 3, verse 23, all have sinned and come short. Mr. Mark of God's glory. Every single one of us have come up short as it relates to trying to live a holy life. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Then he comes back in Romans chapter 6. Verse 23, and he says to us, the wages of our sin, the payment of our sin is death. But the mercy, the grace of God that comes in our life, the gift of God came by mercy, not because we deserved it. He held back what we did deserve and he gave us what we didn't. That was grace. The grace of God is eternal life that comes through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So I'm trying to just walk through and show you some of the mercy payments that he lays out all the way through Romans to help us to see that we being asked to serve sacrificially is, is just reasonable. As a result of all the payments that we've had, we've all sinned, we're all guilty. Mercy steps in and blesses us to have judgment held back from us. You've been justified, he says, by faith, chapter 5. Therefore, having been justified by faith, you have peace with God. Instead of having the judgment of God, you've got the peace of God. That's mercy. That's a mercy payment. You've not only been justified, and when we talk about justification, we're talking about you've been made right. You've made, been made pure. You've been made righteous before God by, through the blood of Jesus. That's a mercy payment. Are y'all still here with me? Not only have you been justified, he goes on in chapter 6 says you've been sanctified. You've been set apart unto God. You run around and call yourself a Christian. That didn't happen by osmosis. No, that, that happened as a result of mercy. It's a mercy gift that you and I are called children of God. It's a mercy gift that you and I are born again. That's mercy because we didn't deserve that. 
God, by his mercy, holding back what we did deserve, but granting us what we didn't. That's mercy. And we've been set apart. We've been conditionally set apart unto God for eternity. We belong to him and nobody can take that away from us. That's mercy. That's a mercy gift right there. That's a mercy gift. He says to us, you, you get to live by the spirit. We, chapter 8, verse 13, if you live by the spirit, we put to death the deeds of the body and we get to live. Instead of being destroyed and consumed, we get to live. That's another mercy gift. You've got the certainty of your salvation. God didn't say, okay, I'm just going to give you, I'm going to give you salvation and I'm going to snatch it back. No, it's, you, you are certain that it's yours and it's eternal. That, that's a mercy gift. That's, that, Lord, help me. God didn't have to affirm and confirm for us that we are saved. But he said to us, look, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Lord, have mercy. This is the testimony that I've given of my son and life is in him. He who has the son has life and he who does not have the son does not have life. These things I've written unto you who believe on the name of the son of God that you may know that you're saved. You've got certainty of your salvation. That's a mercy gift from God. Can I talk to us for real, for real? I see y'all not catching all this biblical stuff, but by his mercy, he woke you up this morning. By his mercy, he didn't let you die and choke to death in your sleep last night. That was mercy. (laughs) The mercies of God. Matter of fact, this morning when you woke up, Lamentation says, new mercies. I see. Pastor, why do I get new mercies? Because you done used all of it up from yesterday. So every morning when we wake up, we need some new mercy. Because if it was left up to me, God would consume me in my sin. God would consume you in your sin. Yet, but for the mercy of God, we get another day. We get another breath. We get another heartbeat. We get another opportunity by the mercy of God. We're not entitled to it. We're not. There's nothing in the word of God that guarantees you a certain, a certain t- time. You, oh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm at least going to get to live to see my children. Grow. Ain't no guarantees on that. There's no guarantee. Every day is a day of mercy. And if God is, listen, if God is pouring out all this mercy on you, he's paying you. You get mercy payments all day, every day. God is blessing you with mercy, holding back judgment, holding back the devil, holding back what ought to happen in your life. God holding it back. That's mercy. That's a mercy payment. And if God is doing all that for you to serve sacrificially for him, that's reasonable. Is, are we still on the same page? I know we we getting ready to celebrate in a couple of weeks Valentine's Day. We, um, you know, get to show people that we love how we love them and all that stuff. We gonna buy some candy. We gonna buy some roses. We gonna we gonna rent a, a room. Y'all thought I didn't know. We gonna do it big. We do some. We gonna sacrifice. To make sure that the person who loves us knows we love them. You know what that sacrifice looks like? Sometimes it it looks like taking money from your paycheck 
that ought to go to your car payment or your mortgage or your electric bill and you out there buying rings and watches and stuff. That's a sacrifice. Praise the Lord. You have been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions and support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in kingdom building. To hear this message again on the web, please visit our website at KetteringMinistries.org. We hope that you have enjoyed our journey together. And we invite you to join us in person for one of our spirit-filled worship services, Sundays at 10 a.m. at the Legacy Center, located at 6909 Crane Highway, Upper Marlboro, Maryland, or virtually via our website, Facebook, and YouTube. For additional information, go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301-627-9500. Please join us again as Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family minister in the spirit of excellence. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.